On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. We are starting the Christmas season. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas to you. We celebrate this thing called Advent. And uh, Advent is something new to me, actually. Uh, I'd heard this word. I didn't know anything about it. So for those of you who, like me, didn't grow up with this Advent tradition, uh, it's been around a long, long time. Advent. Here's the definition of Advent. I want you to get this definition into your mind. It's the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. It's the advent of someone or the advent of something. It's the first season of the Christian church calendar. So this is where the calendar actually begins for the church. We count through the year. Uh, There's some liturgical events. There's more words for you. uh, That lead up to Christmas, including the four Sundays before Christmas Sunday. And then lastly, here's the one that most people forget about Advent, is this bottom definition. The coming or second coming of Christ. So Advent has a dual purpose for us. Most of, most of the Advent traditions, uh, as I started to dig into it, I was like, this is a really cool thing. Why, do, why don't we play with this? This is really fun. Um, most of them started, there's just a bunch of symbolic pieces for us to, to kind of stop and remember. They started in the Middle Ages. Actually, the 14 and 1500s, they began this little tradition. They said, we should start pulling these pieces together. Uh, And it goes all the way up into the 1800s when they said, okay, this is what Advent is. The Advent centers around a wreath. uh, And this is the way it's, this is a mnemonic device, not a demonic device, mnemonic device, how to remember things. But it centers around this wreath, and it's got these four candles around the outside, and then this one in the middle. There's purple, purple, pink, purple, and then white. And each Sunday, we're going to be lighting one of these candles. So today, we're lighting this one. This is the hope candle, right? Here's a hope candle. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it, but I can see it from up here. The hope candle is here. And then we'll, we'll make our way around this wreath. But each piece uh, has a, a meaning to it. Now, I've encouraged you, pick up a wreath, man. They're, they're easy to get. You can you pick them up anywhere. But it's just something. Some, you don't even need a wreath for that matter. Just four candles. But it's, it's about slowing down. It's about just getting some time. I, I'm going to have these for you. If you didn't get one last Sunday, I'm going to have one of these for you today uh, with the ushers, the hard copy. Hey, listen, if you want a soft copy, it's in the app, right? It's always in the app. So if you have the app, all that information's in there. But this little wreath here, this, this little thing helps us to slow down. It, it, it's as we light these candles each week, we're going to just lighting each candle leading up to Christmas. And then on Christmas Day, we're going to, uh, our Christmas Eve this year, we're going to light the center candle. Which, by the way, oh, by the way, the center candle. If you're doing this, the church, the church will give you your center candle on Christmas Eve. So this is what's called the Christ candle. And so we light this on Christmas Eve and or Christmas Day. And we light each candle each week. And we just go through it each week. Oh, this is the candle of hope, the candle of peace. The can- and we light one. And then this is the Christ candle gets lit on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. We're going to give that to you on Christmas Eve. So if you're with us on Christmas Eve, come prepared. We'll give you that center candle. So we, we pass those out each year. Um, our wreath has these purple candles. The, the white candle, the pink candle, right? And it's all just, it, they all have this beautiful symbolism. Today, we're lighting the candle of hope. So open up your Bibles. Old Testament, please. The book of Isaiah, we're going to be going there. 
Today is the candle of hope. It's also known as the prophecy candle. This is the prophecy candle. That's what they call that in the tradition, right? It's the prophecy candle. This candle reminds us of the hope that we have that God is going to fulfill the prophecies that he gave through the Old Testament. So in the book of Isaiah, you're going to come on over here, past Psalms. Here we go, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9, there's 19. Isaiah wrote about the hope of the Messiah. He said, hey man, there there is true hope. Starting in verse 6, I'm going to just read verses 6 and 7. The book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Here's what it says. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In case that's not enough, His government and its peace will never end. His rule, He's going to rule with fairness and justice from the throne of His ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies is what's going to make this happen. See, we light this hope candle to celebrate his first arrival. And, this is a big one, and anticipate his second arrival. And it's a piece that we miss out on. A lot of times, oh, Advent, it's all about Christmas. Yes, it's also about this other piece that hasn't happened yet. And that's the beauty of this hope candle. Because in this day and age where it seems like evil is overflowing. You just open up your paper, you watch your news channels, you get on your cable and networks, and you just go, what just happened? Everything seems so lost. We can also hope. We can hope that the prophecies about Jesus, about his arrival, will come to pass. They will be, they will be fulfilled. Now, this purple candle, by the way, this purple, that's a somber color, right? It's this this. This candle represents the repentance and fasting. And so there is, a, there is a positioning of ourselves through Advent. See, and, and hear me, because I, re- I really want us to catch this. This is not about squashing Christmas. This is about actually getting the most we can out of Christmas. And the world wants us to just forget about all things, Forget about the budget that we decided what we were going to spend on friends and family. Oh, no, we've got to, got to, got to. It is absolutely shocking to me. Every year it happens that we, we take one day and we go, oh, I am so grateful for my life. I am so thankful for everything I have. And then the next day I go, I need more, 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 more. So much so I'll camp out. I was driving by in Citadel. Anybody ever seen Citadel? Okay. Of all things, right, a, a mall. To, it's so so prophetic. Citadel is a house of worship, by the way. A mall called Citadel that looks like Babylon. Just let that play out in your mind for a moment. Anyway, we were driving by because we spent Thanksgiving in Orange County. We're coming back up the five, and all of a sudden, the freeway, we're flying on the freeway. All of a sudden, bumper to bumper traffic. What's going on? We were getting ready to pass Citadel. It was about nine o'clock, and traffic came to a complete stop. All, both frontage roads are backed up. Everybody's getting into Citadel so that when it opens on Friday morning, they'll be there for the deals, etc. I'm like, Thanksgiving dinner ended. Let's go. 
I thought, wow, what just happened? And this is the way the world gets us. Well, at least it tries to get me. Forget about all that. Take life by the rays. Just roll, go, live. There's something else that happens. And again, please hear me. I hope you're hearing me. I'm not squashing Christmas. I want us to get the most out of this season. But we get distracted. And the world goes, this is what you need. This is what you need. This is what you've got to have. You've got to do this. And the obligation starts coming out. And then before Christmas even gets here, we're like, I hate Christmas. There's so much going. It's, It's so much pressure. It's all this. I'm so tired. And wasn't this supposed to be a season of celebration? Wasn't this supposed to be a season where we go, right, all my hopes were fulfilled at Christmas. That's really my desire. The idea of Advent, hear me now, is to keep our mind's attention and our heart's affection. Catch, catch those two phrases because you can, you can kind of put them verses, you can oppose them, right? Christmas and Advent. Our mind's attention and our heart's affection versus where does the world want my attention to go? Where does the world want my affection to go? Stuff. I got to go to Stuff Mart. They're having a sale, right? It's like, wait a minute. Here's your first fill in the blank, please, this morning. This is on your app. Don't confuse the word hope for wishful thinking. It is very different. The Bible gives us a very different understanding for hope. Don't confuse the word hope for wishful thinking. It's like hoping that something's going to happen, even though we have no control over it, whether or not it'll take place. That's what we use the word hope for. I hope so-and-so will be there. Oh, I hope something will happen. Oh, I hope this will take place. That's the way we use the word hope. But biblical hope is very different. Biblical hope uh, in the Bible exists, watch this, hope in the Bible is a secure assurance. Catch that. It's not, I don't know, it's no, I know. It's because of where we placed our hope. Our hope is placed in a trustworthy God. Come over with me to the New Testament. Come on over here to Romans chapter 5. If you don't have your Bibles with you, there's one in the chair back. You can grab it on page 173. Cheat sheet. 173 in the chair backs, right? Romans chapter 5. Watch this. Romans chapter 5. I'll give you this little, this little library here. It's the first of Paul's letters. He's writing to the Romans. We just finished off what I call Second Luke or the book of Acts, right? So Luke wrote, Luke, and then he wrote Acts. But then Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 5, here's what Paul says. Watch this. This hope is not going to lead to disappointment. You know why? Because we know how dearly God loves us. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. See, God hasn't failed us in the past. He's not done anything. He's like, oh, I'll do that. Oh, I didn't get around to that. Sorry. Oh, I forgot I promised you that. Right. Oh, I'll get to that. Every time God made a promise, every single time, he fulfills it. And we don't have time to go through them all today, but you can. You can go through every one of the promises in the Old Testament and watch it all come to pass in the New Testament. It's amazing. But the ignorance of our world looks and goes, I don't understand it, and they walk away. No, no. This is a trustworthy God. And that's why we place our hope in him. 
and you can fill this in. God hasn't failed us in the past. Listen to this. When God claims he's going to do something in the future, we can have a hope that he's going to fulfill that claim. Because of his track record. He's been proven faithful. Watch this. If you have someone in your life, which none of us do, if you have someone in your life who's been 100% faithful to you, it's a matter of time. We're going to let each other down because we're all made of the same stuff. I'm selfish. I want what I want. I want to control me, and if you let me, I want to control you. That's the human condition. And I can be good for a while, but eventually something in me starts to rise up and go, no, I want what I want. That's not so with God. Every time he's promised it in the past, he says, I'm going to do this in the future. We can put our hope there. He's going to fulfill that claim. See, hope, biblical hope, waits. Biblical hope endures. It's not flimsy. It's not like, ah, it's not strong. It's not just wishful thinking. See, biblical hope can withstand fire. Book of Daniel. Nah, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel chapter 3. Hey, listen, this whole idol thing that you set up, we ain't going to worship it, and God's going to come rescue us. But by the way, even if he doesn't rescue us, we're still not going to worship the idol you set up. Daniel chapter 3, you gotta, th- that's hope. Biblical hope withstands the trials, withstands our despairs, withstands the flood that happens in our life where we're going, is he going to rescue us? The water keeps rising. You're thinking, come on, Lord. Why why does that matter? Especially in the Christmas season, the Advent. You can fill this in. Hope is an important thing because it helps us during significant trials in our lives. That's why. Because if I can put my focus on something, This is what God says to us in Ezekiel. He said, those who keep their eyes on me, watch this, those who keep their focus on me, watch, I will keep in perfect peace. You ever lack peace? Yes. Wait, I can raise both hands. Yes. I lack peace about bills, about relationships, about things that are happening in my life. And every time I go, I just have no peace, I remember that scripture in Ezekiel. 26.3. Those who keep their eyes on me, those who focus on me, I will keep in perfect peace. That's what I want. And I can't tell you how many times I have switched the game when I'm like anxious, when I'm nervous, when I'm not okay. And I go, Lord, I need you right. I need you right now. Hope offers us security that God's going to arrive God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Even though we can't see him now, we will see him face to face someday. Come with me. We're, just, we're almost there. Corinthians, we're just going to turn to the right here a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Starting in verse 12. Here's again Paul writing. Page 203, chairback Bible. Okay. Uh, uh, here's Paul writing here. And he says this in verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. He says this, right now, we see things imperfectly. What we're looking at right now is imperfect. We can't see it clearly. It's like puzzling reflections in a mirror, the funhouse mirror. You know what I'm talking about, right? Skinny, short, fat, right? It's like, what is going on? This is not right. 
this reflection is warped. What we see now is a warped reflection. He says this, it's puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, when we go home, we're going to see everything with perfect clarity. Everything that I know now, it's, it's partial. It's incomplete. But then, then I'm going to know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. I love this. He finishes this one. Three things are going to last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. See, Advent's going to help us to recognize that the hope that the Israelites had all through the Old Testament, right? Especially during the times of the prophets, that's what we read this morning in Isaiah, that all the hope that they had as they were waiting, all that hope, they longed to be delivered. And it wasn't until the New Testament, until Matthew opens up, that the deliverance actually takes place. They wanted to be saved not just from their enemies, but ultimately, from the thing I was talking about earlier. We don't like the word. It's kind of been outlawed. It could get canceled for using it, but I'm going to use it because it's right here. It's called sin. Nobody likes to talk about it, but it's that thing I was talking about earlier. I want to control me, and if I can, I will control you. It's in us. And the Israelites, all throughout the Old Testament, before the New Testament arrives, they're all going, how do we get free of that? And it's promised, we're, I'm going to bring you a Messiah, a Savior, a Rescuer. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time. And like the prophets, we have hope. You can fill this one in. We hope that Jesus will return soon to this dark and despairing world. It's di- disappointing. <laughs> i got to stop being disappointed. Disappointment is the result of failed expectations. I keep expecting the world to go, you're not going to really do that, are you? And then they do. And I go, wow, this could have gone so different. Really, you're going to steal billions of dollars. Wow. I just didn't think a single person was capable of robbing people like that. I'm like, wow, they are. We hope that Jesus is going to return. See, Advent, this whole candle thing, is not just for 2,000 years ago. It's for what I'm praying, just so you know. If you have any plans in the near future, I'm praying against them. Jesus, come back. That's what I'm praying every day. Jesus, come back. Jesus, come back. I don't know how much more of this I can take. This is so painful. My relationships, my friendships, these things that are going on. What in the world? Jesus, just come back. Save us again. You saved us once. I know you want to come back and save us again. Yes, it is. It's remembering and reflecting on the birth of Jesus as our rescuer, but also as we celebrate this season. I'm praying that our hearts would turn toward God as Christmas approaches, as we go, wait a minute, God, you you have something more for us. Let's not get caught up in the hustle and bustle. Gotta go, gotta buy, gotta get, gotta, 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 gotta. The hustle and bustle of Christmas. And then in that we miss the chance to anticipate Advent, the coming, the real gift of hope, peace, joy, love. These these candles. See, it's stopping for a moment. Go, wait a minute. God, you sent us all of this, hope, peace, joy, love. You sent all of that, 
that first Christmas and you're going to send it again because we've forgotten. That's what Advent does. It keeps us reminding. Here's your last blank. Fill this one in. Every word in Scripture points to the gift of Jesus. You probably thought I was going to say hope, huh? Huh? Did I get any of you filling it in? It's hope. It's hope. Well, you know, look, you want to put hope in there, you can, because I would use those synonymously, Jesus and hope. If you want to put hope, you can, right? Right? As much as you're, you're, you're like, ah, I, I need to do it, Pastor. It only makes sense. I got to put hope in there, right? You can fill it in. Beloved, listen to me. The Christmas story was just the beginning. What happened 2,000 years ago was just the beginning of the message of hope. The Old Testament is filled with little tiny glimpses of God's plan. He goes, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. It just doesn't look like we think it should look. It just looks differently. He says, I'm going to rescue you from your oppressors. And automatically, here's what they did with the Old Testament, right? I'm starting here in the New Testament. Here's what they did in the Old Testament. They go, rescue us from our oppressors. Okay, so we're going to have a military king who's going to come in and wipe out our enemies. He's going to kill them like they've been killing us. See, I, I naturally go there. Because you know what? I like vengeance. I do. It's sick and wrong. I like it when people get what they deserve. Except for me, of course. Anybody want to join me on that train? Right? Listen, this is my problem. And so when I read this, I go, come get them, God. Come get those people who've been treating me unfairly. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're, you're missing it. That's not it. And so to throw us all off while we're all busy looking at our charts and graphs in the Old Testament, right? Jesus arrives as a baby in a barn. And we're like, what? I, I don't get it. That's the... That's the, huh? So we got to start thinking about his second return. What's that going to look like? Giving us a lot. He'll arrive in the clouds victorious. It's already done. I can't get into it all this morning. But the Old Testament is filled with these glimpses of how God's going to redeem his people and our relationship with him. When you start looking at the Old Testament, we begin to see and we begin to understand just how great God's love is for us. So when we read the story of Jesus' birth in Scripture, we see, we begin to see the glimmer of hope as God chooses to send his son to earth through a family tree that looks like mine. Jesus arrived in a family tree that looks like mine, that looks like yours. There's bent, scarred, broken, bark is missing, no fruits being produced on this family tree, and Jesus arrives in that. He's got aunts that are prostitutes, uncles that are murderers. That's his family tree. And he arrives and he goes, I'm going to fix it all. Wait, what? What? That's what we celebrate at Christmas. We see it over and over again as God chooses a tribe like mine, small, in a city that's irrelevant. Santa Clarita, where's that? Santa what? Like Claus Clarita? Claus? What? I don't get it. How many times have you done that, right? Santa, like Claus, Clarita, C-L-A-R-I, right? But see, we recognize that Jesus' birth 
not being in a fancy palace among the wealthy and the elite. He's a king born among common shepherds. That's the way it pulls out. With livestock in a barn. That's where the saying comes from. Were you born in a barn? Jesus was. It's the excuse I always gave my mother. Close the door. Were you born in a barn? Jesus was. Just being like Jesus. Okay. All right. We, we need to see, we need to see this reversal of, of values and priorities that God put forward in this story, this first Christmas, that God gave us the gift of hope. I can hope for something more because you promised us something more. An immeasurable gift that was wrapped in cloths lying in a food trough. Wait, what? May not happen the way we think but it's going to happen. He's coming again. He came once. We're here to celebrate that. But we're also here to celebrate and anticipate. He's coming again. In your app this morning, I've given you some Advent celebrations. There's a lot of ways to keep track of this. Some, I've told you this, you can read the book of Luke. Just read the book of Luke. There are 24 chapters. December 1st, Luke 1. December 2nd, Luke 2. December 3rd, it's pretty easy, okay? And, and by December 24th, you've read through the book of Luke and you've read about the life and the rescue of Jesus. But he's coming again. Also in the app, some other things that you can follow through. If you like a, a, like a devotional for the month, just like a, you can get, there's emails you can get, you can just, you can print out stuff. I've given you all the information you need. It's in the app. Um, also, scriptures for today, all these. If you don't have the app, you can, you can snap a photo of that. So you have these. I encourage you, read these scriptures. Read them this week as part of your Advent celebration. Wait a minute. I want to keep my eyes focused on you. I want to look to you. Now, in the midst of this morning, if you need prayer, please come and get prayer. Please, there's going to be prayer over here. Please come and get prayer. If you're going through stuff, you're like, I'm done. Christmas haven't even started. I'm already finished. Oh, let's, let, let's not let that happen. Let's let Advent happen the way it's supposed to happen for us. So come and get prayer this morning. Also, lastly, we're going to be celebrating communion up here and over here. We have communion this morning. I want to encourage you. This is ultimately what Advent became. Advent was the arrival of Jesus, but Advent became the cross where he rescued us, the final rescue. And so communion is available. Please have that. Again, if you're not familiar with communion, in, in, the, in the Christian tradition, this bread, it's just symbolic. Just like these candles are symbolic. It, it just doesn't, these are just candles. But it's symbolic. Today is symbolic of hope. This communion is symbolic. The bread is symbolic of his body that was broken for us. You'll get a little tiny piece of broken bread. That's symbolic of his body being broken for us. The little cup that you have, it's just a cup of grape juice. It's symbolic of blood being poured out for us. It's, it's liquid, right? So, so this is just symbols. But I encourage you to celebrate that. Let's start the Advent season with that. Father, I thank you for a time this morning. Thank you for a moment to celebrate hope. We place our hope, our trust in you and you alone. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be done.